Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. Good morning again. Well, for the next few weeks, I'm going to be speaking on the subject of discipleship. And I think that um, this is going to be a really important series. And so I hope that you will, will make a point of kind of staying with it. I know we're, we're starting to get to that time of year where people um, are going to get to go on vacation and do some fun stuff. But this is, this is going to be a, a very important study. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 42. And today, all I'm going to do is kind of introduce the topic and, and, and lay the groundwork. And um, I want to begin, just so that we understand the context, I'm going to go ahead and read Matthew 10, verses 24 through 42. And again, the, the goal here is for us to kind of hear the, the mind of Jesus and, and to, to hear his thoughts on the subject of discipleship. Beginning in verse 24, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's about to send them out to, to do their first um, mission. And birds are here. And beginning in verse 24, he says, students are not greater than their teacher and slaves are not greater than their master. Students are to be like their teacher and slaves are to be like their master. And since I, the master of the household, have been called the prince of demons, the members of my household will be called even worse names. But don't be afraid of those who threaten you. For the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. What I tell you now in darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows, one copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. And if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If I cling to your life, 
you will, or if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Anyone who receives you receives me. And anyone who receives me receives the father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Now, I believe that this section of scripture is the most crucial section that we have that where Jesus taught about the subject of discipleship. This teaching of Jesus on discipleship tells us the cost of being a follower of Christ. And because of that, it demands that we, we spend some time looking at it and really trying to understand it. <clears throat> now, as our society moves further and further away from God, as our society becomes more hostile to the truth of the word of Jesus Christ, we need to be clear about the cost of discipleship. Now, now the matter of discipleship must be a major emphasis in each of our lives, and it needs to be major emphasis as part of Park Baptist Church. The church, the, the body of Christ has a single ask that Jesus in Matthew 28, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them and observing them all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Go into all the world and make disciples. Now, Matthew 10, what we are seeing is Jesus making disciples. Now, the word disciple just simply means a learner. He has a group of 12 disciples and he is building them up. He is teaching them how to be more mature and he's going to send them out in, in, to advance the kingdom. That, that's what a teacher does for his disciples. And it is the same process that we are to be about in, in our own lives. Believe it or not, leading people to Jesus cross to Jesus Christ is not the end of our responsibility. It is the beginning of our responsibility. As, as the church, we are to produce mature disciples who in turn can reproduce themselves in, in other people. We are to be self-feeding Christians. One of the problems that, that we have is that too many Christians, followers of Christ, are not mature enough to feed themselves. They, they rely on somebody else to feed them the word of God. And we have to become able to feed ourselves and then to be able to help other people grow in their own faith. Jesus wanted people to understand that there is a price, there is a cost 
to, to following him, but he wants us to follow him. Remember, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In other words, he's saying, be my disciple. And that, that really, when you think about it, that is the essence of what conversion is. Conversion is you identify yourself as one willing to learn from, to follow, and to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Now, when you become a Christian, you are, in essence, saying, I choose to be a learner of the Lord Jesus Christ and to submit to whatever he instructs me to do. It isn't just meeting Jesus. It's surrendering to his lordship. You know, his role is as teacher. Our role is as learner and that we are to be brought up to maturity and so what Jesus was and is still to this day looking for is hearts and minds that are willing to receive from him. When Jesus called disciples to himself, he instructed them on what they were going to be facing. And, you know, it's the same as when Jesus was, was talking about there is a narrow gate. There is a narrow path. What in essence Jesus is saying is, it's, it's not easy to be my follower. There's, there's an extreme guideline that you have to follow. The path to Christ isn't some big wide open door. The path to heaven is not some big wide open door. It's a narrow path. It's a narrow gate. Jesus weeded out the people that weren't willing to make the commitment to pay the price. And the challenge of the Lord today is still the same challenge. You have to reach a point where you, in essence, are saying, I will obey all the things that the Lord has commanded. And I am willing and even eager no matter what the price. Now, that's true discipleship. And the Lord really reduces down what discipleship is all about. We want to try and make it about a bunch of other stuff, but that really boiled down in, in its, its you know, concentrated version. That's what it is. Now, if you're just kind of floating along through life and you, you really haven't made a commitment to Jesus Christ, not the way it, it ought to be, then you're going to run up against in this study, you're going to run up against kind of a brick wall because he wants us to not just have fire insurance where we're saying, well, yeah, I, I want Jesus as my savior so that when I die, I, I, I'm going to go to heaven. I want you to be a learner from me. I want you to be obedient to me regardless of the cost. In essence, you are the teacher. I'm the student. I will obey. Now let's look at the, the first two verses of this passage and understand what's going on here. 
Now, when Matthew wrote the book of, of Matthew, as we call it today, what he's doing is he's presenting Jesus as the king. And that's his goal is for us to understand the lordship, the kingship of Jesus. He begins by pre presenting the ancestry of, of Jesus. Then he presents the arrival of the king, the, the birth story. And then he presents the anticipa anticipation, the anticipation, the anticipation of the king. And that's talking about all of the prophecies that were fulfilled by Jesus. Then he announces the, the herald of the king, who was John the Baptist. Then he since the, the principles of the kingdom of God, and that is the Sermon on the Mount. Then he shows us the miracles of, of the king, and that you know, validates Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then we meet the agents of the king, and that's where we are here. The, the, the agents of the king are the ambassadors of the king are the 12 disciples. And in chapter 10, verses 1 3 through 4, we meet these 12 disciples. Then in verses 15, them instruction on what ministry is going to be. Then in verses 16 through 23, he tells them how the world is going to respond to him. So he names them, he instructs them, and then he lets them know what's going to happen. Now, up to this point, Jesus has been twelling, telling the disciples about their specific ministry. But beginning with verse 24, where we are today, Jesus is talking about all disciples that will ever be followers of Jesus. He has opened up the, the, the discussion to cover everybody, including you and I. So he goes from a specific teaching to a general teaching. Now, what he's saying, in essence, is for those people who truly want to come and be my disciples, this is what it's going to require of you. This is what we need to understand. Now, notice that Jesus is very honest here. Um, in, in our day and age, we talk a lot about being transparent, you know, uh, and, and what Jesus here is doing is he is being very transparent over, for example, in John chapter six, Jesus has been teaching and he says that the Bible says that many disciples were following him. And then he stated, he started saying things like, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. In other words, what he's saying is you're going to have to participate with me in my suffering and even in my death. And the Bible says that his disciples walked with him no more. People started saying, I, I don't want any part of this. I, I don't want to get involved in that. Or we have the guy who came up to Jesus and he says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, well, foxes have their holes and birds have their nests, but I don't even have a place to lay my head at night. And the, the implication is that the guy walked away. He said, well, no, that, that, I don't want that. Because after, after all, I, I'm willing to do ministry, but I don't want to give up my comfort. You know, that, that's no good. Or there's the guy 
who came to Jesus and he says, I'll follow you wherever you go, but first let me bury my father. Well, again, in essence, what he's saying is, my dad's not dead yet. And so I want to hang around until my dad dies so I can be sure and get my inheritance. And Jesus's response to him is, let the dead bury their own dead. Jesus is being very upfront. At no point does he hide the cost of discipleship. What he's telling us is it's going to cost you your family. It's going to cost you your inheritance. It's going to cost you your comfort. It's going to cost you to be a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. We don't do anybody any favors by, by telling them that there's this cheap, easy gospel where all you do is come to Jesus and pray a prayer, and all of a sudden everything in your life is going to be hunky-dory. That, that's not true, and that's a lie to try and, and, to, to try and communicate that in any way. Now, in verse 24... What he's saying is students are not greater than their teacher and slaves are not greater than their master. You see, the disciples have been listening to Jesus teach and the disciples have heard in verses six, chapter 10, verses 16 and 17 that they are sheep that are going to be out among wolves. And then... In verse 18, Jesus tells them that they're going to be scourged and beaten in the synagogues. In verse 21, he tells them that they're going to be dragged into court. In verse 22, he says, you know, that your own families are going to turn on you. In verse 23, he says, you're going to be hated by all kinds of people and that you're going to be persecuted wherever you go. So this is what's swirling around in the disciples' minds. And so... Jesus follows that up with verse 24 and says, you know, students aren't greater than their teacher. Slaves are not greater than their master. What he's trying to help them understand is why should you expect to be treated any different than the way I am being treated? That's what we need to understand. You see, in most cases, if you were to Take on a study, you know, if you wanted to go to college or, or you wanted to study under some type of a master, you would choose the teacher. You would choose who's going to, to teach you. Now, it's voluntary. And, that, and, and then in the case of a slave where Jesus talks about teacher and, and, and student and then slave and master, in the case of a slave... The, the Lord buys the slave. The slave has no say in the matter whatsoever. So what Jesus is saying is the basic principle is you submit yourself no matter what the case. Now, what we have here and what Jesus is giving us is, is kind of a cool thing that I hadn't ever caught before until I was studying this to prepare. And what we have here is a picture of salvation. We choose to be a disciple, to learn at the feet of Jesus. But at the same time, he sovereignly chose us to be his servants. We must choose to accept the salvation that God offers us. That's called free will.
But before the earth was formed, God chose us. That's called predestination. So we have free will and predestination kind of given as a picture here what it means to be a child of God. We are a student who willingly submits at the feet of the teacher, Jesus. But at the same time, we are a slave and we have no choice in the matter. We must submit to the master. Two things are in play, but both are true for us. When you become a Christian, you affirm that you will follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to understand that you are in essence saying, I submit to your command in my life. I submit to the truth and that you will teach me. I submit to the orders that you will give me. What does it mean to be a disciple then? It means to pursue being like Jesus. That is the very basic element of discipleship. And may I say that if that is not the way you became a Christian, you need to go back and revisit your understanding of salvation. Because if you don't have the mindset that Jesus is the Lord of your life, that he has the say over every aspect of your life, then I would question the very aspect of your salvation. Now, in Luke chapter 6, verse 40, it says, Disciples are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. When you are fully trained, you should become like Jesus. Again, that's true discipleship. We are to be a learner, learning to be like Jesus. In 1 John 2, 6, it sums up those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. If you go around saying that you're in Christ, then you ought to reflect his life publicly and privately. Now, this is the goal of discipleship, clearly stated in the Great Commission. Go into all the world and make disciples. What does that involve? Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. In other words, a disciple is one who knows of Jesus Christ and obeys the teaching <clears throat> of Jesus Christ. We are to be dominated by the word of Christ so that we become like him. Now, verse 27 says, what I tell you now in darkness, shout abroad when the daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, ear shout from the housetops for all to hear. In other words, this is the message that I have for you. This is the only message. I'm not giving you all sorts of different messages. Uh, this is what I want you to say. The goal of the Christian life is to be a genuine reflection of Jesus. Now, what is going to be the obvious result? If you and I become more and more, more like Jesus, then the world is going to treat us the way they treated Jesus, right? Doesn't that make sense? 
That's, that's what Jesus is saying. The disciple is not above his teacher and the servant is not above his Lord. In other words, don't expect to be treated differently than they treated Jesus. I mean, if they've treated Jesus, Jesus, then why should they treat you or me any different? And the more they'll treat you, they treated Jesus. Now, I, I told the folks in the first service, this is where I go from preaching to meddling. You can gauge your own Christian life by this principle right here. The more like Christ you are, the more the world should be treating you like they treated Christ. So if you are getting along fine and hunky-dory with the world, it's because the world doesn't see Christ reflected in your life. And that's true for me. It's true for all of us. The thing true disciple is that we should want to be like Jesus. In Matthew 10, verse 25, and I'm reading from the King James Version, or New King James, says, it is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? It is enough. It is sufficient for me to be like Jesus. I shouldn't want anything in life more than to be like Jesus. And, and Peter, or excuse me, Paul even said that in, in his great prayer, Paul says that I may know him and the fellowship of his suffering. It's enough. Now, this is, this is what that means. Don't ask, don't expect, don't want to be treated with love and respect by the world. Don't ask to be acclaimed and, and embraced by the world. Don't ask to be accepted by the world. Don't ask to miss out on persecution. Don't ask to be everybody's friend. Ask only to be like Jesus, to pursue being like Jesus. But to do that, we understand that it means that we are going to be treated like Jesus. And even though this seems like a very bleak understanding, let's also remember God is at work in the hearts of people. And he is at work in the world in order to redeem people. And those people who God is working in their lives, when they see you as a reflection of Jesus, they will be attracted to you. Most of us became Christians because we saw something in the life of someone else. And it made us want to, to be like them, to, to have what they have. There was something attractive about them. They had a joy, a peace, freedom. They were free from guilt. They, they had a sense of, of forgiveness in their lives. They had a hope of eternity in their life. They had peace in their lives. There was, there was something about them. And when we looked at them, we said, wow, 
I, I want that in my life. And so understand that while we are becoming more and more like Christ, we will become attractive to those people who God is touching and who God is drawing to himself. We, we understand that, but we also need to understand that we will become more offensive and we will become more repulsive to the world who hates Jesus Christ. We need to get that heads. There's no way around it. It is the price of discipleship. The more attractive and more repulsive at the very same time. It goes together. It's, it's different sides of the same coin. So the whole understanding of discipleship begins at this point, at this level of understanding. Now, again, over the next few weeks, we're going to be breaking down this 10th chapter of, of Matthew, and we're going to be looking at the characteristics of discipleship and, and really examining the, the whole understanding of what does it mean to be a true disciple of Jesus. D.L. Moody is uh, one of my heroes, if you will, and he was a, a great man of God. He, he preached to literally hundreds of thousands of people back in the 1800s. And the thing that got him, he was, he was like many of us. He was just a, a guy who loved Jesus and he wanted to be used by Jesus. And he heard a, a, a preacher once say, the world has yet to see what God will do with a man fully consecrated to him. And he took that and he began to meditate on it. And what he did was he said, God... I am going to fully consecrate myself to you. In other words, I am going to become a complete disciple. I am going to give myself to you as a disciple. And as a result, God used him mightily. It's there for you. It's there for each and every one of us. Please bow your heads. I came across this poem, and I don't know who wrote it, but listen to it as a place of commitment. And if you have the sermon notes, it's on the back of the sermon notes. It says, one day I looked at myself, at the self that Christ can see, and I saw the person I am today and the one I ought to be. And I saw how little I really pray, how little I really do. I saw the influence of my life, how little of it was true. I saw the bundle of faults and fears I ought to lay on the shelf. I had given a little bit to God, but I had never given myself. I came back from seeing myself with a mind made up to be the sort of person that Christ can use with a heart he longs to see. Let's pray. Lord, as a child of yours, we desire to respond to the call of discipleship, and, and we should. Help us, Father, to make that commitment now, to be willing to be like you, to pursue that no matter what the cost, 
to, to know that we've become more distasteful to the world and yet more attractive to those who you are calling. Father, you long to see truly committed people who walk in obedience to you. My God, please draw each of us to yourself. And may these truths that, that we're speaking here today help each of us reach deep into the hearts of each and every one of us. Prepare us for what is ahead, Father. And it is in the, the precious and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.